southern for a second i don't know what the hell happened that's why i got cracked up i couldn't help it i love it i love it it's a gore report a true crime podcast the one and only reports of gore (laughs) so hey everybody we hope you're having a good day and a good week and And a a good We always hope you're having a great time, doing your very best, thriving. That is all we want for all of you. (laughs) And if this is your first time listening to the show, feel free to leave us a good review or a good rating if you feel like we deserve it, because that kind of thing really helps out our show, and we would greatly appreciate that. So, guys, we have a new patron. Yes, we have a brand new Gorgoat, and that Gorgoat is Megan. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. It is very appreciated. Welcome to the Gorgoats. And you know, something else that was appreciated that I wanted to bring up. I posted on our page about the Columbine thing, about the Columbine mix-up, where apparently I had gotten something wrong. And I addressed that immediately because it was really sticking to me. Like, it was really, really bugging me. And I went through all of my notes And I couldn't find that section. And I was like, you know what? I am just going to reach out to you guys and let you know that if I did make a mistake and said that anyone got killed by bombs during Columbine, um, that is just merely something that I came through on on another source. And if I did include it, it was because, you know, I'm constantly finding new information, especially cases that we've already known or heard of right 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 so i wanted to make sure and include every little thing that i found uh so i do apologize if that one little thing that i found was not correct but you guys really just gave me a lot of love and a lot of support even through my mistake and it's really really appreciated you know because if i make a mistake i want to own that Right, right. Absolutely. You know, we're all about being accurate. And given that we do our own research and we don't have a research team, we just kind of do this whole show by ourselves. Yeah. I mean, and we're human. So chances are we are going to make a mistake here and there. But I mean, honestly, you, you still did fantastic. The research for that was insane. And just like Ray was saying, I also greatly appreciated just how kind and sweet you guys were in response to that. It just truly kind of like took me back a little bit because it's like, holy shit, we have this weird, awesome group of listeners that are just behind us 100% and just all of the love that you guys handed out. I just can't express how much it meant to us. Like truly you guys are the literal bees knees, <laughs> the literal bees, knees. the literal bees knees. Like it, it really, <laughs> truly put, really big goofy smiles on our faces i just 
it was just awesome. You guys are great. So we wanted to take a moment here on air before we dive into everything just to tell you how much we love and appreciate you. So today I've got something special for you guys. Ooh, I'm excited. I mean, we're all in this creepy vibe and this story is one that stuck with me because whether it's fictional or factual, like it's really hard to tell, but this one messes me up really bad. Oh no. (laughs) So today I'm going to be talking about the Russian sleep experiment. Oh shit. (laughs) Now it is an internet urban legend. And it has become immensely popular after its original publication on a creepypasta wiki page on August 10th, 2010, by an anonymous poster that went by the name Orange Soda. Oh, So Orange Soda is the only alias that we have for this poster. There are no, like, actual names that I could follow, but... It is considered by some to be the greatest and most shared creepypasta story ever made. Oh, wow. And one of the most shocking and impactful urban legends of the Internet era. Goodness gracious, I don't like this. More so than Slender Man, even, surprisingly. Oh, God. So there have been extensive online and offline debates surrounding the belief that the infamous story is real, and many articles have subsequently sought to debunk this story. The tale claims to reveal a top-secret effort of five human test subjects that have been exposed to an experimental sleep-inhibiting stimulant in a scientific experiment in the Soviet Union during World War II. And things go completely fucking sideways. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, I am familiar with this one. I've definitely heard the story a time or two. And it fucking like creeps me out for a number of reasons. Like I'm sure we'll have room to talk as we go along. But ooh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So the creepypasta is often shared alongside an image of a grotesque emaciated figure which is implied to be one of the test subjects, but the image is actually of a life-size animatronic Halloween prop called Spasm. And if you Google Spasm, it pulls up this image. Oh, goodness, I didn't know that because I can literally see the image in my head like when you said, because I've seen it, the face and everything, but just, ew, I didn't know it was an animatronic, honestly. I for real didn't know that. And if you are going to Google this face, it is S-P-A-Z-M, spasm. Oh, weird. Ugh, I hate that photo. So anytime you see this figure's creepy face floating through the internet, Anyone who has heard this story will see that image and immediately think about the Russian sleep experiment. Like the image and the story just kind of go hand in hand. Although there's no actual footage from this alleged experiment or any like it. Oh, we. In the late 1940s, Russian researchers wanted to keep five people awake for a maximum of 30 days using an experimental gas-based stimulant. They would record their findings day-to-day in hope of success in finding a drug they could use 
to keep their soldiers awake on the battlefield. The test subjects were political prisoners that were deemed enemies of the state during World War II. They were given a very vague rundown in order to gain their compliance, but it was either cooperate or be executed. So I don't think they really had a choice. Right. Goodness fucking gracious. They were falsely promised, however, that if they submitted to the test and remained awake for 30 days, they would gain their freedom. They were also told that no physical harm would come to them from this experiment. They would be kept in a chamber, a sealed environment, so the scientists could carefully monitor their oxygen intake, since this gas was actually toxic in high concentrations. So this was before closed-circuit cameras, so they only had microphones and porthole-sized windows that were made of five-inch thick glass to see and hear inside the chamber, like to monitor their conversations and activities. Right, right. So inside the chamber were books to read, cots to sleep on, but no bedding, running water, a toilet, and enough dried food to last all five for over a month. The five men, unknowingly sealing their fate, agreed to this deal. Everything was running smoothly for the first five days. The subjects hardly complained in the beginning despite being awake for so long. It was noted that after day four, the general tone of their conversations took on a darker aspect, and they would talk about increasingly traumatic events from their past. After five days... They started to complain about the circumstances and events that led them to this point. They began to demonstrate severe paranoia, and they stopped talking to each other. They also began to alternately whisper into the microphones and one-way mirrored portholes. Oddly, they all seemed to think they could win the trust of the scientists by turning over the other subjects in captivity with them. What? The fuck? So the paranoia is just like run rampant and they're just sitting there like Oh god no. Right. Oh it's unsettling. So at first the researchers suspected this was an effect of the gas itself. Some paranoia was bound to happen from being awake for over five days. Right, right. But after nine days one of the subjects began to scream. Ugh. He ran the length of the chamber, repeatedly yelling and screaming at the top of his lungs for three hours straight. As he continued to attempt to scream after so long, the only sound he was able to produce was an occasional squeak. Yeah, because he blew his vocal cords out. My Goodness. And the researchers came to the conclusion that he had physically torn his vocal cords. So you were right. Oh, God. The most surprising thing about this behavior is how the other captives reacted to it. Or rather, didn't react to it. They continued whispering into the microphones until the second subject started to scream as well. The non-screaming captives took the books apart smeared page after page with their own feces and pasted them calmly over the glass portholes. Good fucking God. Like, the imagery of this is just so insane. It is so fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> 
The screaming promptly stopped, and so did the whispering. Everything stopped. Oh, my goodness. It just fell silent. Three more days passed, and the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure that they were working. But they thought it absolutely impossible that no sound could be coming with five people inside. Like, it was just dead quiet. For three days, dead quiet quiet. When they checked the oxygen consumption in the chamber, the gauge indicated that all five people had to have been alive. In fact, the gauge read that it was the amount of oxygen five people would consume at a very heavy level of strenuous exercise. Oh my. So like not only are they getting oxygen, but they're getting an abundance of oxygen. But at the same time, they're all completely silent. All completely quiet. Oh, man, that's a bunch of fuck that. On the morning of the 14th day, the researchers that were left with little choice did something they said they wouldn't do to get a reaction from the captives. They used the intercom inside the chamber, hoping to provoke any response from the subjects. They were afraid they were either dead or in a vegetative state. So they announced, we are opening the chamber to test the microphones. Step away from the door and lie flat on the floor or you will be shot. Compliance will earn one of you your immediate freedom. This is so fucked up. Oh, just wait. Just wait. Oh, God. So to their surprise and absolute horror, they heard a single phrase in a calm voice that responded and said, We no longer want to be freed. Oh, no. No. The researchers debated amongst themselves and the military forces funding the research. They were unable to provoke any further response using the intercom, and they finally decided to open the chamber at midnight on the 15th day. The chamber was flushed of all stimulant gas and filled with fresh air. And immediately the voices began to flood through the microphones, objecting. Three different voices began begging, as if pleading for the life of a loved one, to turn the gas back on. The chamber was opened and soldiers were sent in to retrieve the test subjects. The three voices began to scream, and so did the soldiers when they saw what was inside. Oh man, here we go. Four of the five subjects were still alive, although no one could rightly call the state that any of them were in to be alive. The food rations past day five had not been so much as touched. There were chunks of meat from the dead test subjects' thighs and chest that were stuffed into the drain in the center of the chamber's floor. These fleshy chunks blocked the drain and allowed four inches of water to accumulate on the floor. But precisely how much of the water on the floor was actually blood was never determined. Oh, man. All four of the surviving test subjects also had large portions of muscle and skin torn away from their bodies. Like, all of them. The destruction of flesh and exposed bone on their fingertips indicated that these wounds were inflicted by hand, 
and not with teeth, as the researchers initially thought. Closer examination of the position and angles of the wounds indicated that most, if not all of them, were self-inflicted. The abdominal organs below the rib cage of all four test subjects had been removed. Oh, fuck. While the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in place. The skin and most of the muscles attached to the ribs had been ripped off, exposing the lungs through the rib cage. All of the blood vessels and organs remained intact. They had just been taken out and laid on the floor, fanned out around the eviscerated but still living bodies of these subjects. Good. So they were still alive, but their organs were like laid out on the floor. God, I know... I hardly know what to say. The imagery of this is just so fucking disturbing. Like, truly, it really, really is. I'm just, like, I'm over here, like, biting my nails and, like, shaking. I have lost sleep over this. (laughs) (laughs) No. The digestive tract of all four could be seen to be working as they were digesting food. And it quickly became apparent that what they were digesting was their own flesh that they had ripped off and eaten over the course of days. They were eating themselves. They were eating themselves. But because their entrails were laid out on the floor, they could see the digestion tract working to digest whatever they had eaten. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ooh, motherfucking wee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of the soldiers at the facility were Russian special operatives, but still many refused to return to the chamber to remove the test subjects. As they continued to scream to be left in the chamber and simultaneously begged and demanded that the gas be turned back on, to everyone's surprise, the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. One of the Russian soldiers died from having his throat ripped out, and Mm. another was gravely injured by having his testicles ripped off, and an artery in his leg was severed by one of the subject's teeth. Jesus fucking Christ. Bye-bye, cojones. (laughs) Oh, man, I am the utmost uncomfortable. Like I said in the beginning... I have heard this story a few times. I am familiar with it, but I don't know. It's been a long time. And like with you telling it, it's just like worse than what I remember it being (laughs) like Jesus. Another five soldiers lost their lives by committing suicide in the weeks following the incident. In the struggle, one of the four living subjects had his spleen ruptured and he began to bleed out almost immediately. The medical researchers attempted to sedate him, but this proved to be impossible. He was injected with more than 10 times the human dose of a morphine derivative and still fought like a cornered animal. That is like insane. Oh my God. He broke the ribs and one of the arms of one of the doctors and his heart was seen to beat for a full two minutes after he had bled out to the point that there was more air in his vascular system than blood. 
even after his heart stopped, he continued to scream and flail for another three minutes, struggling to attack anyone within reach and just repeating the word more over and over, weaker and weaker until he finally fell silent. God. The surviving three test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility. The two with intact vocal cords continuously begged for the gas, demanding to be kept awake. The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical operating room that the facility had. In the process of preparing the subject to have his organs placed back within his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to the sedative they had given him. He fought furiously against his restraints when the anesthetic gas was brought out to put him under. He managed to tear most of the way through a four-inch wide leather strap on one wrist, even though the weight of a 200-pound soldier was holding that wrist as well. It took only a little more anesthetic than normal to put him under, and the instant his eyelids fluttered and closed, his heart stopped. What in the green inferno <laughs> is going the fuck on? Like, this is, this is brutal. Yeah. Like, brutal. Like, the, the imagery, I know I keep saying that. I'm just like, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm uncomfortable. This imagery is just, like, a wee bit fucking much. <laughs> like, this is literally, like, the worst horror movie you can think of. Oh, yeah. Like, my fuck. During the autopsy of this test subject, it was found that his blood had triple the normal level of oxygen. Triple. Triple. Oh, goodness, man. Goodness. His muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn, and he had broken nine bones in his struggle to not be subdued. Most of them were from the force of his own muscles that had exerted on them. So, like, the muscles were... Oh, no, man, like, he was just freaking out. So the, the exertion that he put on his own muscles broke his own bones. God damn. The second survivor had been the first of the group of five to start screaming. His vocal cords destroyed, he was unable to beg or object to surgery, and he only reacted by shaking his head violently in disapproval when the anesthetic gas was brought near him. What the fuck? But get this shit, he shook his head yes when someone suggested reluctantly that they try the surgery without anesthetic. And he did not react for the entire six-hour procedure of replacing his abdominal organs and attempting to cover them with what remained of his skin. He did not react to the whole surgery. I am fucking speechless. Like truly I am. The surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it should be medically impossible for the patient to still be alive. One terrified nurse assisting the surgery stated that she had seen the patient's mouth curl into a smile several times whenever his eyes met hers. <laughs> when the surgery ended, the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly attempting to talk while struggling. Assuming this must be something of drastic importance, the surgeon had a pen and a pad fetched for 
the patient so he could write his message. Mm -hmm. It was simple. Keep cutting. (gasps) No. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you right over there behind you on the horizon. You see that thing running off that slowly disappearing? Oh, your asshole? I think that's my asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Just... Just slowly disappearing into the horizon. Just riding off into the sunset. Just (laughs) gone. Absolutely fucking gone. So the other two test subjects were given the same surgery, both without anesthetic as well. And although they had to be injected with a paralytic for the duration of the operations, the surgeon found it impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continuously what the fuck once paralyzed the subjects could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes the problem with this paralytic is that it cleared out of their system in an abnormally short period of time and they were soon trying to escape their bonds once again the moment they could speak they were again asking for the stimulant gas The researchers tried asking why they had injured themselves, why they had ripped out their own guts, and why they wanted to be given the gas again. Only one response was given. I must remain awake. All three subjects' restraints were reinforced and they were placed back into the chamber, awaiting determination as to what should be done with them. The researchers, facing the wrath of their military benefactors for having failed the stated goals of their project, considered euthanizing the surviving subjects. The commanding officer, a former KGB agent, instead saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they were put back on the gas. Although the researchers strongly objected, they were overruled. In preparation for being sealed in the chamber again, The subjects were connected to an EEG monitor and had their restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everyone's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment it was let slip that they were going back on the gas. Like, they just completely stopped struggling. That is literally so fucked. Like, my lord, my lord... It was obvious that at this point, all three were putting up a great struggle to stay awake. One of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly and continuously. The mute subject was straining his legs against the leather bonds with all of his might. First the left side, then the right, then the left again for something to focus on. The remaining subject was holding his head off his pillow and blinking rapidly. Having been the first to be wired for EEG... Most of the researchers monitored his brainwaves in surprise. They were normal most of the time, but sometimes flatlined inexplicably. It looked as if he were repeatedly suffering from brain death before returning to normal. What? As they focused on the paper scrolling out of the brainwave monitor, only one nurse saw his eyes slip shut at the same moment his head hit the pillow. His brain waves immediately changed to that of a deep sleep, then flatlined for the last time as his heart stopped simultaneously. If y'all could only see... I'm fucking him up right the now. The look 
the looks on my face, like throughout this episode, I am just like John the floor assholes gone, like completely gone. Like <laughs> my assholes in the next town over by now, for sure. My goodness, Order an Uber for your asshole and take him to the nearest bar where he can get three or four shots in, so he can handle this bullshit. <laughs> It's so bad. Like, this is so brutal. Yeah. Like, it's brutal. It's terrifying. It's scary. Like, I just don't even know what to do with, like, 90% All of this information. <laughs> like, the whole episode, I literally don't know what to do. I'm just fucking blown. So, the only remaining subject that could speak started screaming to be sealed in now. His brainwave showed the same flat lines as the one who had just died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside, as well as three researchers. One of the named three immediately drew his gun and shot the commander point-blank between the eyes. Then he turned the gun on the mute subject and blew his brains out as well. He pointed the gun at the remaining subject, still restrained to a bed as the remaining members of the medical and research team fled the room. I won't be locked in here with these things. Not with you, he screamed at the man strapped to the table. What are you, he demanded. I must know. But the subject smiled. Have you forgotten so easily? The subject asked. We are you. We are the madness that lurks within you all, begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go to the nocturnal haven where we cannot tread. The researcher paused, then aimed at the subject's heart and fired. The EEG flatlined as the subject weakly choked out. So nearly free. Okay, so that covers the creepy pasta part of it. Now I wanted to have a quick discussion first about the application of this amphetamine gas that kept the subjects awake. So this wouldn't be the first time a country has used something like this to get ahead in battle. Right. And I think that's what makes this story so real for me. Um, during World War II, the Nazis used methamphetamine, better mm -hmm. known as crystal meth. Absolutely. In a pill form known as Pervitin. This pill was then distributed by the millions to the Wehrmacht troops before the successful invasion of France in 1940, the Blitzkrieg attack. Right. Like they right. were doped the fuck up for that. Right. I, I mean, I remember that, though. They were basically trying to, you know, they were experimenting with ways that their soldiers could stay awake longer without the need for sleep, thus making them more efficient. Like that's a real part of history. It is a real part of history. So it was developed by the Temmler Pharmaceutical Company that was based in Berlin. And Pervitin was introduced in 1938 and marketed as a magic pill for alertness and as an antidepressant. Among other uses, it was even briefly available over the counter as well. So a military doctor, Otto Rank, experimented with Pervitin on 90 college students and decided, based on his results, that the drug would help Germany win the war. 
So using Pervitin, the soldiers of the Wehrmacht could stay awake for days at a time and march many more miles without resting. But it wasn't just the soldiers using these drugs. Hitler himself was also being injected by his private doctor, Theodore Morrill, with various drugs such as opiates, amphetamines, and barbiturates. Like, he was cranked the fuck up. Good. Probably why he was so fucking crazy. (laughs) But, um... Goodness gracious. I would also like to note that it wasn't just the Nazis that used drugs to gain the upper hand. It was the Japanese too, right? Um, the Allied forces, American and British soldiers, stayed alert with the help of an amphetamine called Benzedrine. Gotcha, gotcha. And medical officers on both sides distributed these stimulants and others such as cocaine to keep weary soldiers awake for days at a time to enable troops to perform longer under punishing conditions and to deaden the horrific and debilitating effects of shell shock and post-traumatic stress disorder. So knowing that little tidbit of information just solidifies this story for me a bit, Because we all know that every single military that is on the face of this earth has experimented in every way imaginable to not only gain information from a subject, but also to find a way to create super soldiers on the battlefield. Like, every country has done that. Right, right. No, I absolutely agree. And that's that's real history, unfortunately. And that's crazy to freaking think about. Yeah, because that was like a point that I was thinking through like the bulk of this, like the biggest reason that it was fucking me up so bad. Because, I mean, yeah, this story is presented as As, a creepypasta. Right, as fictional. But you look at real human history and you look at some of the just absolutely just barbaric, like truly barbaric things that have happened to people at the hands of a military or a government or both. I mean, there's... There's been experimentations and things that I've read about that actually did happen that is, like, on this caliber, if not worse. Yeah. Like, humans are just fucking evil. Like, I just, I could see it to be real Mm -hmm. simply because this is in no way out of left field when it comes to talking about what a government or a military or just what people will do to other people. Or even the... The boundaries that a body, like, okay, so them being eviscerated and their organs on the floor in front of them, right? Right. How are they still alive? Well, look at a cesarean birth, right? Mm -hmm. They take the mother's organs out and put it on the damn table. Oh, do they really? Yeah. I did not know I didn't know that either until I had, like, some conversations with some friends of mine. Right. Well, I mean, holy shit, though. Like, in order to get to where they need, there have been some cases where they've had to remove said organ, set it off to the side to, you You know. know, do what they have to do and then put it back. Jesus. You learn something new every day, fucking Christ. So, I mean, it is quite possible that they could have eviscerated themselves and, you know, they're just sitting there living off of their organs that are out on the floor. I mean, like... I mean, who knows? I mean, I agree with you, though. I agree with you. And there's, you know, it's hard to say specifically, but there's many survivor stories and just crazy things that you hear about people 
that have been in conditions like that or had something just fucking unimaginable happen to them and somehow they they survived you know like the limits and the boundaries of the human body are like fucking insane right you know what i'm saying so like i don't i don't know i i agree with what you're saying this is just what a mind fuck of a story right like i am so thoroughly uncomfortable i can't even explain it to you like i'm just this is fucking wild so i do want to end today's story on this note uh i do want to be extremely clear that no gas of this type has ever been recorded in history as existing and this story comes from a website that is known for its fictional works of art with the goal in mind to scare the shit out of you oh well that's fucking great you succeeded Includes the Russian sleep experiment. I am struggling. <laughs> Pause, because I looked at you and I was like, I can see the wheels turning. Are you okay over there? The smoke is coming out your ears. Your mouth is down on the floor. I'm just, I'm, I'm done. done. Like, I am so done. This is such... A mind fuck. I've said that like three times, but like you take into account, I mean, yeah, you know, creepy pasta could be fictional, whatever. We're, we're not here to try and portray something that's fictional as factual, but because we are the people that we are, <laughs> me and you, right. I can't help but just make some like comparisons. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. and we just had this tangent, but you look at real things in human history people suffering at the hands of a government a military i mean there is there's no end to the absolutely heinous and barbaric and evil shit that people have actually done to other people and like that's not up for debate we're talking real history like real human history humans are fucking barbaric so i mean i just i just can't help but think about that like when i hear this story it doesn't, I mean, yeah, of course it has like, you know, it's a creepy pasta. Yeah, it's fictional, but my fucking brain, I just can't help but be like, I mean, is it really the whole? <laughs> because people have been doing this shit to other people for like a really, really long time. You know what I'm saying? But like, what did you think about when he said, like, have you forgotten so easily? Like, we are you, we are. It fucked me up. And I, I honestly don't know what to make of that. But then, like, you go into the realm of sleep. Oh, that's a whole nother beast. It is a whole nother beast. And, like, I won't go too far into that. But, like, you you look at sleep as a thing and, like, the, the really fucked up creepiness of human sleep. Like, you have sleep paralysis. Uh, people having shared hallucinations and specific entities and things that, that are in that realm of sleep. Yeah. I mean, I don't fucking... No, this episode has literally broke me down to nothing. It bullied me, pushed me against the locker, took all my fucking lunch money. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. Like we could, we could seriously sit here all night, like g- going, going yeah, into totally this. Did. I'm just, woo wee. I honestly just, I really don't know what to make of this at the end of it. Nor do I want to sound too fucking crazy and unhinged on my podcast that a lot of people listen to because that wouldn't be cute right so i guess i'll just end it at that no i mean there's there's a big difference with being open-minded and open to receive 
certain things that you can analyze and be like, okay, I kind of believe this, I don't believe this. So I always love these type of conversations where something could quite possibly be real, but there's no way of knowing. Right. Um, The best that we can go off of is just things that we absolutely know, which is one, people need sleep. Like you need sleep. Right. And the fact that these people supposedly had been awake for so long days, I just the impact on the psyche, I could not imagine. Yeah. So I I just literally could not imagine me trying to connect. Okay, at what point did they start hallucinating and start eviscerating themselves? Because like once you're past day four, the hallucinations are just. Uh, it's crazy like literally (laughs) like the brain does some truly scary shit super scary weird shit (laughs) like the the human brain honestly is one of the most fascinating yet terrifying things in the entire world again a whole nother tangent for another time you fucked me up my friend (laughs) i don't even want my skin on me so I guess well, I we... mean, apparently the test subjects didn't want their skin on them either. Oh, so. you better stop. <laughs> you better quit it, quit it, quit it. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys, we're going to wrap up today. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you would like to follow me and Ray and all of our... <laughs> well, great news. You can totally do that. Absolutely. You can find us on Facebook at... Gore Report. A true crime podcast on Instagram at Gore Report Podcast. And if you want, you can now join our Patreon at Gore Report Podcast. And until next time, bye. Are you afraid? You should be.